Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz Ahmed, joined here by my co-host, Matahed. We are covering chapters 16 to 20 the, of Mistborn of the Final Empire. This is the start of part three, Children of a Bleeding Sun. And basically where we left off last time was Vin and Kelsier had attacked, or not really attacked, more like raided, or not even raided, an attempt at a raid of Critic Shaw, which is Lord Ruler's um, palace. And it did not go well. So Vin has been really gravely wounded, luckily saved by Sezed. So chapter 16 basically picks off two weeks after that. Vin has been passed out subconsciously in her sleep burning pewter, which has kind of saved her life. And she wakes up to see Lester Burness, which again, it now goes by actually not again. I guess this is the first time he's picked up a nickname, which was Spook. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, chapter 16 is picking up two weeks after the raid on Critic Shaw. And Vin's kind of going in and out of consciousness. She'll wake up to find, you know, Doxin or Sezet or other people next to her. She wakes up at one point, Doxin tells her, you know, Kelsier's fine, and she passes out again. Next time she wakes up, it's Kelsier who's watching over her. And then, you know, he's kind of giving her an update about the crew and everything. And apparently Marsh will be infiltrating the obligators using the advice that she actually gave. And he did say, like, you know, she'll be moved back to Feliz in Mansion Renault whenever she's, like, you know, healthy to travel. She asks Kelsey a question, which I thought was, in my opinion, kind of a dumb question, right? Because... Are we immortal with that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you picked yeah. up on that. You know, I was we're not, the same thing. I was like, we're not immortal, are we? I'm like, there's nothing really in the powers of a Mistborn that would really... And, I okay, I, I understandable, you know, this is, what, like, 14, 15-year-old girl, so... She's 17. Is she 17? Is that confirmed? Yeah, they, okay, yeah, I know they, we've had this conversation several times about, like, guessing her age. Okay, I feel like it's even at a 17-year-old who's dealt with the harsh reality of life, for whatever, whatever reason, having that assumption that, you know, Miss Warren have, are immortal. I mean, I'm 17. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and and you haven't gone through half or even yeah. a tenth of the harshness that exactly. she's gone through. So it's, it was kind of weird, in my opinion, for that to be brought up, of all things, that, you know... We're not invincible, are we? It's like, at the risk of sounding a parent, are you, like, needing of a talk for, like, drinking and driving? You know, you <laughs> feel like you're invincible. So, anyways, um, um, th- that kind of stuck out to me. Um, um, an interesting thing in this chapter, though, it's kind of a small detail, but whenever Docs gives her the drink, she wouldn't accept a drink before earlier in a book, but now she accepts the drink easily. I actually didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I think she, in general, whether she likes to accept it or not, and I think she's actually kind of gotten to, not not even subconsciously, but consciously accepting that she is more trusting of mm-hmm. others, yeah. or sorry, others in the crew, is that, yeah, that's exactly right. That she is more readily trusting of the entire crew. That's actually that's good to see. I, I I remember reading it. I was getting kind of annoyed. I, I I wouldn't say annoyed, but I was like hoping. I'm like I hope this whole trust thing doesn't go on too long. Like I understand that she, you know, 16 years of you know lack of trust for anybody, even your own brother, yeah, just manifests itself heavily, and it's not gonna go over. I would go away that quickly, but it does kind of get tiring hearing the same thing over and mm-hmm. over again. Yeah, um, it's definitely understandable. So I, I am glad to see that it is that she is opening up more. So she's still burning pewter along subconsciously. At one point, she starts asking Say Zed, you know, are you an elemencer? 
and he denies it, but he doesn't really give a lot of details. He says that keepers use metals to create memories, which there has to be more to it than that. There's someone that's a copper mine or something. Yeah. I, so, yeah, they mentioned copper mine, which copper, if I remember correctly, when you burn copper, that's you're... That's the hiding one. Yeah, it? yeah, that's the hiding one. So copper mine, it doesn't connect. So whatever it is that keepers can do, it's not allomancy. It's something else. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Right. Completely different art. He said, yeah, yeah. So he, he says, like, he uses to create memories, which also doesn't really make sense, in my opinion, because... If you were to really think about it, you have the elemancy, and then he has he talks about it creates memories, but then at the same token, he talked earlier, I think it was either the last chapter or the chapter before, that he used up all the speed. So it's more than just memory. It has to store power or something. Probably like the metal part, like the metal equivalent to elemancy. Elemancy, yeah. So to um the copper mine stuff. So I was thinking, got a prediction here. Oh, uh, not even through the first chapter of the section already. So you know how when she was absentmindedly, unconsciously burning metals. Okay. Correct. Yeah. 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 Uh, even though she didn't know that she could do it. What if Mistborn, they actually can do what copper mines can do, but they just don't know that they're doing it, and only the keepers can do it. Only the keepers can do it consciously. You're saying, yeah, or only they know how to do it. Only, consciously. only keepers can like physically can do it consciously, whereas Mistborn can only do it subconsciously, even if they know that power exists. Yes. Okay. All right. But now that I'm saying it, it doesn't sound that great. Fleshed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So is this still a prediction that you're going to run with, or are you already dropping it? I'm going to run halfway and drop it. Okay, I'm gonna take that as you dropping it. <laughs> so I, there wasn't there was a really cool line in here. She says that the best liars are those who tell the truth some of the time. Which when I read that, I was like, Yeah, you that's gotta, actually true. You gotta gain the the trust. Yeah, you. right. Like, um, if you're lying all the time, like you know, you're not a good liar. And if you're lying not at all, but you're not lying, so you're not even a good liar. Or you're not a liar at all, let alone a good liar. But when you enter, you know, weave lies into truth, that's when. But you got to lie some of the time. It can't even be most or half, right? It has to be some of the time because that's how your lies are effective. Second informant, which we saw, which we see later. Ah, but not a spoiler because it is part of the section. But yes, we will get to that in a short bit. But he does say that he actually does come on and say he's not uh, that he's not going to give her all the details yet because and understandably so his people have been, you know, like ethnically cleansed, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, him keeping it a secret from somebody he admittedly trusts, but he's going to kind of keep a you know tight leash on that, so, which I get it. But it is, I do hope that we get some details on that soon. This whole session was kind of info dumpy. So if this podcast kind of feels like info dumpy, that's just because, or this episode feels info dumpy, it's cause, just because this whole session uh, going over today was kind of info dumpy. Uh, he does drop that. All Terrorsmen stewards are eunuchs, which, again, holy crap. Uh, are what? Eunuchs. So it? they're basically, you know, they cannot reproduce. They're like, oh, yeah. They're gone. Yeah. that Because they said, like, uh, the Final Empire controls the breeding, essentially, mm-hmm. which is messed up. That ain't right. Oh, uh, and I know he, I guess we could talk about that, too, right? Because he was talking about that, um, 
the ska may get beaten more and are maybe a little bit more downtrodden, but they have more freedoms, right? That they can openly marry and reproduce with whoever they want to. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the terrorismen, you know, they can't. Yeah. None of them? I think they're controlled in who they're going to reproduce with is to my understanding. And there's no pure terrorism, I don't think. Is there? I think that's what they're trying to get at. I think there are pure terrorism, but like the whole reproductive, like, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what the right word is. It's not system, but the whole re- reproducing between them is all controlled very heavily. It's like very okay. heavily regulated. But having said that, terrorism stewards straight up are not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, because they're eunuchs, so they can't. He does go on to say, though, that the terrorists in general are very subservient people. Like, they just listen to, you know, they may be smart or whatever, or even powerful. Because, you know, Kelsier talks about that Seizet is much stronger than he lets on. Mm-hmm. So they may have all this power, but they're very subservient by nature. Which, that's actually one of the biggest tragedies, right? Is if you can oppress somebody who's strong or oppress a race that's strong and powerful to the point that they just kind of naturally become subservient, that is horrifying. Yes. To the point not only that they don't fight back, but they'll actually go out of their way to serve you, and they just kind of listen to orders by design. Whew, that's that's heavy. So he does actually also drop that Kelsier was betrayed by Mari. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mari did it. I think Mark you know did. I had to agree with you on that one. Again, I read the series, but I vividly remember going off of when I read the series for the first time. I was like, I don't, I don't think she betrayed him. Yeah, I think Marsh uh, did. I think he's fishy. You think Marsh betrayed him? Yeah. You know, I and we'll touch on this actually later in the later chapters. We'll go over, but yeah, uh, there is reason to believe that he had. Um, yeah. Or it's like gonna be like a. Half Blood Prince kind of thing where they lead you to believe it's Voldemort, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, or maybe nobody betrayed him, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was just, you know, the Lord Ruler is the Lord Ruler, and says it also says that Kelsier's starting to become a little bit more. Like he's changing, and I know it's only been two weeks, but I think the whole event at Critic Shaw has changed him. He's starting to feel the weight of the responsibility of, you know, leading the crew leading a rebellion now and then you know also kind of being a pseudo father to vin he's like really starting to feel the weight of it all because he can't make the risk that he could with the yeah small crew. Well, yeah right when he was just a crew and they were just thieving around noblemen like it's like okay the heist went off it didn't whatever we're good it does you know we got to steal some boxings or whatever or maybe some atm yay we did it and then <laughs> that, that was it you know here the repercussions are death for not just them, not just his friends, the you know entire like platoon of Scott rebels, and then that yeah. could also have like you know, I'm just gonna go out of a limb here, but if they catch a bunch of Scott rebels, I'm sure the Lord Ruler is gonna have uh, some executions of people who are not even rebels, right? Just to really drive home the point, it's like yeah, you do not rebel against me. Yeah. So, anyways, um, that was the end of chapter 16. Chapter 17 kicks off. With uh, Vin's having, she's back in Felice. She's having lunch with Lord Renault. Uh, so Vin's actually noticing the changes that Cezad brought up in Kelsier. And in fact, she notices that Yidin, of all people, is actually becoming more positive too. Yep. Which, thank God. You know, he, he was actually, I didn't like Yidin. 
And I, I get why he was salty the way he was, but it was getting that was also getting annoying. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, you know, we get it. You know, you're this idealistic guy. Your people are oppressed. Whatever. Just you know, these guys are your best hope. Stop being salty. So, anyways, this book that they got from Critic Shaw, Sezed confirms that this is the book from pre-ascension Lord Ruler. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, so he confirms that. Or yeah, he confirms that the book itself is written by the Lord Ruler before the ascension. Yeah. Which are the, which we we were talking about right that the epigraphs they feel like they're coming from the Lord Ruler before the ascension. Uh-huh. I wonder what corrupted him. Maybe power, or greed, or maybe the ascension itself. Yeah. No, he was destined to be the hero of ages. Or, well, it's weird because he, they said that he was destined to be the hero of ages, but then the uh, Terrorsman Keeper who said he was supposed to be the hero of ages kind of recounted and said, "No, never mind. I don't think he's the hero of ages." Yeah. So, so maybe he, maybe, okay, maybe that's what did it, right? Like the well of ascension only works for the people, the person who's supposed to be the hero of ages. I know what the well of ascension is. But they're <laughs> going to the well of ascension. Like we don't know what the well of ascension is, but we know it's something. And oh, that's he, what they're doing? That's where the epigraphs, like that's what they're, oh. that whole Lord Ruler and then, I don't know, no, Rashek. Rashek is part of it and then couple other terrorsmen and then maybe some other humans are going up to the well of ascension because he's supposed to be the hero of ages but anyways vin's kind of begging kelsier to go back to the balls she actually has a few different reasons for wanting to go back she clearly likes ellen so she wants to see ellen again she's liking the noble life which i mean that's understandable when you've lived the life of poverty your entire life now all of a sudden every you're having like this luxury dinners every dinner. It's so the I don't blame her. nobility. This reminded me of like the generic uh, rich people TV and TV shows and movies and other books where they just don't do anything other than like golf or something or they like yeah. lounge and read books. It's like I don't know about this world, but um, rich people have to work hard <laughs> too. Yeah. Uh... You got to remember though that the when she's going to these balls, it's just the kids of the nobility. Oh, that's true. Right. So it's their children who are hosting these parties. So it's essentially like she's just going to a bunch of high school parties. Yeah. Okay. Um, in Beverly Hills, <laughs> every night is essentially what's uh, she's gone through. Um, and another re- anyway. So other reason she wants to go back to the balls is she's feeling a sense of loyalty to the crew so she wants to be useful as well but at the same time there's also that other side of her where she wants to prove her worth to the crew because historically speaking right with every other crew she's been a part of if you don't have any value to the crew you're out which that that can be devastating you know that could be death and out could mean death like they'll just they won't even kick you out they'll just kill you right so i think it's a little bit of both uh but yeah, no, and she's not, this is one thing subconsciously, she is becoming more noble-like, you know, she's having bass that are scented. Mm-hmm. I remember earlier, she didn't want to have any, she wanted unscented bass because scented bass, then you have like a smell to you. Yeah. So, you know, she, you know, she's acting like a teenage girl, which great, you know, nothing wrong with that. So Kelsier, I think, I, I don't, there was like a disconnect that I don't understand where this transition into that uh this scene 
but Kelsier has a picture of what the world like looked like before the ascension. One a flower. Yeah, it was a flower. Um, and I, I get it. Never kind of struck to me that like, oh, there's actually no flowers. Yeah. Right, and I think uh, he was saying uh, that grass was green, mm-hmm. and the sky was blue, and we know that the sky has been kind of like red, like this red. The sun is like ash red and this happens uh i don't know for any of you who've never been around like a massive like fire but we used to live in california and i remember back when one of those famous california fires came through the sun legit looked like blood red really i i was too young yeah so (laughs) but so you know when you have ash falling from the sky constantly that that's a you know pretty accurate description Mm mm-hmm so, the but the skies themselves, I guess, are red too, just because it's perpetual ash. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so he has a picture of pre-ascension, and there's green grass, there's flowers, which apparently don't exist anymore. And then, you know, blue skies, which, I mean, it, it has to make sense, right? Is it a painting? I don't know. See, and this is also what gets interesting, because is it a painting, or is it like a photograph? Because then that brings up the interesting question: that was technology better before, and then after the ascension, we kind of, you know, regressed. And then you know the Lord Ruler intentionally regressed the technology. You know, he wanted to ban photographs to, you know, erase the memory of pre-ascension, so people can't say, you know, it's like, hey, you claim to be this God who saved us from the deepness, but why are things worse than they were before? Yeah, but they never mentioned if, like, light at night was from candles or or light bulbs. Never mentioned I think that. it is candles. I never remember it mentioned. Do you remember it? Because you, I, you read it twice. We, no. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. Uh, we're going to have to probably pay attention to the details going forward. But I don't... I'm going to have to say that it's candles. I do know that some hold lanterns, but I don't know about the main source of light in buildings. I mean, if it's lanterns, then I I would assume then that it would be candles. Fire-based light, not electricity. Yeah. I can almost confirm that it's fire, you know, candles. So, any... Yeah, go ahead. Something... uh, This kind of relates to a real-world thing. Um... Sazen mentioned that the ministry uh, creates books only to display like the Lord rulers, like godliness, and I forgot what the other word was. Uh, but it reminded me of North Korea. I know I mentioned North Korea before on the show, but like well, they're just suppressing all media, all content, only so that they could brainwash kids and basically everybody so that they think that the Lord ruler is good just like how um they try to brainwash everybody in north korea to think that kim jong-un or whoever the ruler is is good you know well, what I mean? no i agree with you i think that's actually a pretty good uh comparison and i i wonder if that kind of brings up a possible theory right as far as what's outside lucido because attack on titan vibes yeah right like it's so many uh-huh um <laughs> at the risk of dropping any Attack on Titan spoilers. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. But 
I'm thinking, right, if everyone, because we saw the map of the entire, you know, Final Empire, and there seemed to be like a ring of I, uh, volcanoes. I had a question about that. So at the beginning, it showed the map. Is it like a ring? Like, is the the map a ring, like the UN flag, or is it like the Mercator's map? I have no idea. Um, because like that yeah, would mean that the center is always north. Time you're traveling towards the center. No, I think that's just the land itself. I don't know about. I'm not much of a map guy, but because uh, like, well, it showed that the bottom was northern dominance and the top of the. Wait, what yeah, did you say? yeah, uh, yeah. It was like upper was dominant. Southern. Yeah, they like they have northern, southern, western, yeah. eastern dominances, but I don't think we've actually ever been outside that. We've never been outside the the ring of volcanoes, so I'm wondering, right, if there if the whole ash mountain, the ash falling from the sky, is only within that area, and then outside, it's yeah, green I made grass, that blue sky. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So I I'm starting to think that you know. So, anyways, uh, picking up where we left off, um, he actually confirms that Mario was a Tenai, which. <sighs> It still boggles my mind that Kelsier was considered one of the best crew thieves in Luthadel when he was just a regular person. He wasn't even yeah. listing. You know, that's that's impressive. And he said that Alamancers become Alamancers by snapping. Um, this is not really a new concept if you've, uh, you know, seen other fantasy or sci-fi shows. Um, I, I can't remember one off the top of my head, but there, I remember there was one where you have to go through a traumatic experience and that kind of wakens the power. Is that a Wheel of Time thing? Um, I don't think that that's a Wheel of Time thing, but I I distinctly remember there was a TV show that if you go through some beating or something, then that wakens the power in you. So, And she he did say that Vin could have snapped several times because of that's just how bad of a... Yeah. Uh, I wonder if the amount of snaps changes... If you're a missing or a misborn, if you like. So, are you thinking like one snap to turn you into a misting, and then you'd have to go through several traumatic experiences to get you up to a misborn? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I don't think so, right? Because I guess maybe for misborn, it would be two, because we've already established if you can burn more than one metal, you can burn them all. Yep. So if you're thinking, you know, if there's, what is it? I think he said there's eight medals, uh, 10 medals in total, I think. 11. Oh, right. 11. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe 11. I forget. We don't know uh, that. <laughs> uh, the bait and switch. It's not a medal at all. Um, if So if you got 11 medals, right, I can't imagine you'd need to snap 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> um, because as far as we know, Kelsier really only snapped once and, and then once and that was in the pits of Hudson. Um Kelsier does say that Mario wanted children. So again, this is kind of just them confirming more I not confirming, but more reiterating that Finn is kind of like a daughter to Kelsier. Uh, a couple things did stick out to me though. Um the way that Vin uh, asked Kelsier about, you know, Mario betrayed you, and then he was kind of talking about like he's kind of accepted that she did betray him. Yeah, but he still loves her. He still loves her that. despite that. And that this this whole interaction, um, this section, in my opinion, was not exactly the most thrilling and exciting section, but it did have some really cool stuff. And this this 
interaction between Kelsey and Finn really stuck out to me, and I, I loved it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, where Kelsey says, you know, um, I think I've, I think given the choice between loving Mari, betrayal included, and never knowing her, I'd still choose love. Uh, that's just, you know, the typical, you know, to love and lost rather than not love at all. I think Kelsey has kind of made his decision that he'd yeah. rather have loved and lost. Um, and then, you know, them just kind of sitting there talking about the past and pre-ascension and, uh, you know, Kelsey saying like, he's glad that she joined. Um, and Vince saying that, you know, I, I'm part of the crew because, you know, to tell you the truth, I'd like to see one of those flowers for myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, their thing, if she, her point is if they overthrow the Lord ruler, she's hoping that maybe she can see what the world's like after that, yeah. which that, that was just a really beautiful scene after that. So, um, um, so next off is chapter 18. Vin goes to the keep Elario ball. She's, uh, just, you know, trying to get her image up, um, in front of all the noble men, noble women. Um, and says it reminds Vin that Ellen is only using Vin to annoy Ellen Venture's dad. Okay, so um, what do you think about that? I don't think he is. <laughs> this is, in my opinion, like, okay, I want to reiterate. Mistborn is one of my favorite series. I love it. But this felt like it could, I, if he wanted it to be subtle, I don't know if he, that was his intention or not, but it didn't feel subtle at all that yeah. Ellen is not a bad guy or he actually does care about Vin and stuff like that. Maybe I and this is why I'm I'm kind of leaning more towards that he didn't want it to be subtle because he did show some perspectives from Ellen as far as like you know he stole a look at Vin and stuff like that while yeah. he's reading. So I guess I, I guess I kind of answered my own question there, but <laughs> it doesn't feel very subtle. Um, it's not, and I, and I'm guessing it's not supposed to be. So yeah. Um. So Ellen sits next to her and spreads out a bunch of books. Uh, Vin is like calling him rude and all all this stuff. Um, and afterwards, after she talks with him a bit, uh, he doesn't want to dance, so she starts to dance with other people. Um, she dances with a kid named Lee's. He's like really nervous, um, and he says that he doesn't know much about Ellen because. He, he and other people are intimidated by the venture name. Uh, well, this this whole chapter felt so unbelievably high school to me that I loved it. <laughs> you know, like um, I I'm, I think like Sanderson, yeah, right. Sanderson <laughs> felt uh, is well out of high school when he wrote this, but the description. I, I mean, he had to have been right because this is written in two thousand five, I think two thousand six, mid two thousands. And he was, uh, I think, already out of college by then. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, this whole chapter was, uh, I felt so many high school vibes <laughs> out of this. Because, you know, Lord Lease is like this lesser lord. And like, you know, he's not part of the cool kids table. Maybe one of the nerd tables. And then Ventures. He's a football player. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's weird, right? Because he's this nerd. Too. He actually le- legit is a nerd. He yeah. reads at parties. So he's a he's the son of a teacher at school. He's the son <laughs> of the principal, essentially. <laughs> uh. Uh, but yeah, so she becomes really exhausted by dancing a bunch. Um, so she sits down 
and reads to avoid requests to dance. Um, and the biggest jerk in the world calls her over. Oh, okay. And this is why I said that this chapter felt like like super high schooly. <laughs> this was terrifying. Yeah, I don't know because like we've gone through Inquisitors already, we've gone through Obligators, we've gone through freaking Cammons beatings, but there was something about the description of Ilario. You know, like she, like she made me feel. That's like her name, Ilaria. Sean, Shan. Yeah, Lady yeah, Shan, Ilario, Ilario. I, I'm gonna go with Ilario. Um, oh, but, that's the house name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, house Ilario. Well, yeah, Shan Ilario, and way that she described it, right? Like, Vin was from Vin's perspective, like you know, she's making me feel so inadequate and stuff like that, and she's so like condescending because yeah. she, she made Vin like. Hey, you better dress me as your ladyship. <laughs> and then she just waits. <laughs> yeah. Like, she just waits until Vin kind of caved and then said, your ladyship. And yeah. then continued. Like, um, And I think the biggest one that stuck out to me was uh, she's not even participating in the conversation, but she's somehow dominating it nonetheless. Like, she's not even saying a single word, but she's dominating a conversation. Like, that... It- Oof, it sort of so reminds good. me of that one teacher that like says, "I'm waiting whenever she oh, wants you. No, whenever no, she no. wants you to raise oh, your hand." Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that just gave me PTSD. <laughs> yeah, I'm well out of high school at this point, but oh god, that's. Can I use the bathroom? I don't know. Can, can you? you? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right, I'll just pee here, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. Um. So she basically tells Vin that um, Shan would be happy. Um, Shan should, uh, sorry. Jan basically tells Vin that Vin should be happy that noblemen are using her for their own advantage. And and Shan will give Vin instructions if Ellen continues to use her. That's what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks that Ellen is using Vin. I don't think that even Shan believes that he's being used or he's using her. Because remember, Shan was supposed to be, um, she was like she was engaged to Ellen, and I guess kind of still is. She is still, yeah. They right? just haven't done anything with it. Yeah, really. it's just been sitting there for a year. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to be fair, I get Shan's alert. Uh, like, don't get me wrong, scary woman, uh, but I, I can't imagine that she's, um, you know, I, I don't blame her for you know being angry like that. Uh, a, a year-long engagement's literally going nowhere, and then another girl sits down and just talking to your man you know, <laughs> so openly like that. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, anyways, Vin, at the corner of her eye, she sees Shan's um, terrorist men, like, looking over the books of yeah. Ellen Venture, Ellen Venture's books. Um, she makes an excuse. Um, she said that, like, her terrorist man is waiting for her at the table. Um, and she goes back and the terrorist man leaves in like an extremely swift motion as if he's like done this kind of thing multiple times for, for the lady. Yeah. Um, so what do you think that that's all about? Is he trying, like if she wants him back, I can't imagine trying to get him in trouble with the obligators is the right play. I don't know if, um, so she probably did direct him to do that. Right. Definitely did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think people really read well, books. So. What if he's not 
acting on Shanelario's orders? What if she's what if the Harrison Stewart is acting under Elario's father's orders? That's possible, yeah. Right. Um but yeah, whenever she sits down and she starts um looking through the the books and one of the books at the bottom, it was un- the only one that was unopened. It was a book that actually critiqued the Final Empire, and it was like disguised um, as weather patterns of the Northern dominance. Um, and whenever they leave the party, Vin and Sazed see a ska boy get his throat slit. Yeah, in public. So I and don't. He like apologized as if like it was just like a minuscule nuisance to the nobility. <laughs> Yeah, well, he he dragged him out, right? Like, I think this, I forget what the Scottboy had done, but he apologized and just dragged him out into like the yeah. mist. And then the only way Vin was able to see it was she burnt tin. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just slits the throat. <sighs> um. She wondered, like, do they actually do the normal people actually see? Uh, this this kind of this part kind of somewhat annoyed me, right? It's like, what were you expecting? You know what I mean? Not in public. I guess not in public, but I mean, who, who do you think you're dealing with, right? Like you're dealing with the nobility. Like she, it, it feels kind of jarring, right? Where it's like, okay, yeah, I get that you've been playing noble woman for the past, I don't know how many months, but and I guess it's easier said than done about not losing the side of the goal, but it's, I feel like you kind of got to be smarter than that. Mm-hmm. Would am I being too harsh? No, I don't think so. Um, with her experience, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, how are you not picking up, or how how are you surprised by this behavior? Mm-hmm. I guess maybe because I mean, she's had to have seen like Scob been killed publicly before. Yeah. So I don't know. It it just like got to me. Common. Kind, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of dumb. Um, but one comment that kind of made me laugh was Ellen Venture. He said, women are like thunderstorms. <laughs> I literally highlighted yeah. this too. I was going to say the yeah. same thing. Women are like thunderstorms. They're beautiful to look at and sometimes they're nice to listen to, but they're just mostly plain inconvenient. I, I highlighted that and I put a caption underneath. That's quite the pickup line. <laughs> I'm not sure if that works all the time. Uh, I guess, you know, when you're rich and powerful, it doesn't need to work, but um, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to use that pickup line anytime soon. So chapter 19, uh, we see Kells causing some more trouble with nobility. He dumps this one lord's body into another lord's lord's <laughs> garden. Don't laugh. Oh, man. The evolution <laughs> of this podcast is going to be eventually when you stop like, having your voice cracked. Um, yeah, so we see, <laughs> we see him throw a body into another lord's garden just to stir things up a bit. Um, and I actually like this part a lot. So he meets with this guy informant. His name's Hoyd. Uh, and Hoyt. Yeah. And he, <laughs> cool he makes sure to like hide his scars, hide his face. Um, and the good thing is, is that Hoyd doesn't have any information on Renault. But Hoyd knows that Renault and Venture are having some deals. So that's kind of not good. Well, he's inferring that they're having deals because the quote-unquote children are meeting with each other and that's of course ellen and vin oh okay yeah, yeah so that that's why it's not like because renault and uh like lord renault and lord venture themselves are not having 
those meetings. Um, and then it was pretty funny because Hoyd claimed that he had some pretty bad eyesight um, and that he couldn't see. And whenever Kelsier leaves, he drops a coin to push off and then um, Hoyd like scrambles down and quickly yeah. picks up the coin. Um, and he was like, your vision wasn't that bad ever it came to the coin, huh? Yeah, and Kelsier knew right away. You yeah. Know? It's just a way of making yourself look weaker. And I've noticed that in other uh, media and just in life in general, you know, when you meet with somebody who's, like, powerful, if you make yourself look weaker and look, like, dumb and stupid, they seem to, like, like that. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, yes, one thing to point out, though. I don't know if you said it or not, but I just wanted to throw it in. Kelsier is acting like a nobleman. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah. yeah he's so acting he's like acting like a nobleman, talking to Hoyd, getting information. He does also confirm that Shan Elariel is a soother because I know. Oh right. Yeah, uh, we didn't we didn't talk about that last chapter, but um, yeah. So Elariel is a soother, and yeah. So he actually also fed wrong information back to Renell. Mm-hmm. To kind of because he didn't want to, and this is actually this. I agree with you. This I like this chapter a lot. The whole interaction between informant and informee, informed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the word would be. Um, he he says that he intentionally stopped asking questions about Renault because a guy, you know, Renault is not a major house, so asking information on Renault to find out what the word on the street is on Renault could end up arousing suspicion as far as like, you know, why is this guy asking so many questions about a minor house? Yeah. So he drops that. Then he starts feeding wrong information about Ilario and house Ilario and house Tekio back to Hoyd, uh, hoping, I guess that that'll, you know, sow more discord, which I thought that was sick. That was, that was really slick. So they said that informants usually don't live that long. I wonder what Hoyd did to live long. I wonder if he's a Mist Warner or misting himself. He he's has just, to. He's a ska, pure ska, right? I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing that uh, confirms that, right? Like he has to. He, oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, he has to have something special. I think. Um, whether that could be, he could be a soother himself, right? He could be a very experienced soother that kind of keeps the uh, noble inform um, the guy that he's informing kind of calm, so he doesn't strike out at him. Yeah. So Kelsier then goes and disguises as the Scott informant himself. <laughs> he yeah, he makes sure and covers his arms with ash so that the scars don't show up. He tells not Ellen Venture, what's his dad's name? Straff Venture. Straff Venture. He tells Straff Venture that the survivor of Heston and the Eleventh Meadow are both just rumors, and it seems like Straff actually believes him. Yeah. Um. I don't know. This is bad news. <laughs> You know, if the most powerful house in the entire Final Empire is, like, suddenly onto you and, like, this, he knows about the 11th medal, or he knows about the rumors of the 11th medal. Yeah. He knows about the rumors of the survivor of the Pits of Hassan. He knows about the rumors of the Rebellion, mm-hmm. which, that, that's a massive red flag. So, Kel gets back, and then Vin tells Kel about um, the Forbidden Books that Ellen has, and Kel says that he probably has more of them, and that's probably going to get him executed, which really very worries Vin. Um, and Kel gets a hint about Vin and Ellen's bond, and he reminds her that Ellen is just using her, and she'll put the whole crew at danger if he if he can if she continues to hang with him. 
draft does suggest something which I wanted to bring up. He suggests that someone could be impersonating the survivor by imitating his appearance by getting a hold of his corpse. Say again. That the survivor, that someone could be imitating, like, because he said, you know, uh, when Kelsier is pretending to be an informant, he's saying that all these are just rumors yeah. and there's no weight to any of them. And uh, I think Straff himself says that, you know, it, it could just be somebody else impersonating Kelsier. Hmm. Um, which I think is interesting because yeah. Lord Renault is the impersonator. <laughs> uh, He's that good. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I want to bring up is that he said that nobleman, at least high nobleman and Lord Ruler in particular, wears medals on himself at all times. And because he's just that powerful and of an element, because remember, um, like you know, I'm talking like necklaces and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Kelsier and you know belt buckles and stuff like that will be made of metal. Mm -hmm. Kelsier himself said that you know you don't want to be wearing metal on you because that can be used against you. But Lord Ruler, so huh? Didn't he have a metal watch on him? Uh, I don't know, a metal watch, but like a bracelet or something like that. Um, And. I think he said that How Lord does a Ruler, watch work work without batteries. I don't think he had a watch. I don't know. That's why I'm kind of surprised you brought that up. I don't know who. I swear I remember. Who the had a watch? Kel. Kel's here. I don't think he had a watch. He like looked at like a. Oh, something. he might have a pocket watch kind of thing, like you know those monocle, rich, stereotypical things. But those need batteries. No, it could be like gear based, right? Oh, okay. Um, I was about to catch a pothole <laughs> <laughs> not today so yeah lord ruler is that powerful of an element so that he can wear metal um holy crap i don't know the more we're finding out about this guy it's like how is he getting away with this yeah um me and i guess me, what if it's like because remember he said metal that's like in the body doesn't work right like earrings from vent are fine so what if it's like necklace <laughs> this is gonna sound weird necklace that's like tied to something together and that thing is like stitched into his body probably not then but like i was thinking you know like that one um race in star wars clone wars where they have like a bunch of rings around their neck and it makes their neck longer you know what i'm talking about i think i think i remember what you're talking about yeah what what about that it's not like in your body so they could like pull it out well he's talking about wearing metal though that's like wearing it though. Oh, you know, I don't I mean? know then. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a weird one. The more because I feel like the Lord Ruler is a pretty careful guy, right? Because remember earlier we were talking about that he doesn't want to risk soldiers being sent in to fight caves. Yeah, which just brought up the question: It's like, why does he care about how many soldiers' lives are lost? You know, you know, they said they can deploy like a million, so just cannon fodder, just keep throwing them at him. Yeah, but. Anyways, later he does say that um, the nobility were the men, uh, you know, he likes the nobility because they're descendants of the long dead friends uh, and allies, the men who supposedly helped him defeat the de- uh, the deepness. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so. I guess now we kind of have confirmation of that, or at least that's the ministry teachings. Um, that's a little messed up. <laughs> Like you're you're rewarding people for something that their ancestors did, and then you're rewarding people you're punishing people for what their ancestors did. Yeah, that's um 
little messed up. So some more, yeah, that's about some it. more vibes from other places. Um, yeah. and it's pretty cool that each metal gives off like a signal for experienced seekers to see. You know, that's the bad part. Say again. Um, whenever you burn a metal, it gives off like a like a. Each one has a different signal that each one gives off for an experienced seeker to look at to see. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we'll get more to that on chapter twenty, but. Yeah. Um. And the. The author of that one book that Ellen has, mm-hmm. um, he got strung up. Yeah. By that he, one execution method, by like where they, yeah, you know, hook through the where they're hanging out, yeah, as where he's just hanging out, yeah. Uh, but that's weird because they he didn't do any blasphemy with allomancy. But I think that that's what he means, right? Is that that's how serious it was that he spoke against the final empire like that. They should have a separate one because they had they had Cammon too. And he didn't do any alamancy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't know what that says about you, that you're asking for a different type of execution. But but another link to real life. So you know the books, the forbidden books. It's honestly similar to drugs. What? Okay, no, hear me out. Yeah. So, so the more that the ministry tries to block a certain book, similar to the more the government tries to block a certain drug, the more attention is drawn to the book or drug in real life's case, which means more people, more people will try to reach it. Right. Whenever you legalize weed, less people. Oh, want, okay. Want yeah. Weed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a general thing is that more, but I, I can't imagine that that's worked out too well for the rebels in that sense. Yeah. Right. Cause the Scots seem pretty beat down. This oppression seems very thorough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Kelsey just goes back to his mansion, and Vin's trying to kind of seem like she's talking in favor of Ellen. Again, most likely because she likes him. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Vin, they kind of go back and forth a bit, and Kelsey's, like, again, more father-daughter relationship just kind of tells him, like, you know, this... He's either a uh, pretender rebel, like, you know, like just acting like acting out as a teenager or yeah. I guess he's not a teenager. He's probably just, I think he says he's 21 or something. But I remember whenever she said, you're like probably double my age. Yeah. Like, I'm 21. <laughs> Unless you're a very mature 11 year old. Um, no. And then she also, or sorry, Kelsey was saying that um, they want to use that to try and get him captured. Right. Yeah, they're trying to find a way on how to get him captured. So, and Vin was not happy about that. <laughs> um, so in chapter twenty, Vin goes back from a ball, um, and she's getting annoyed by going to too many of them, which is so a true this, issue this was for a weird. true level woman. <laughs> this was weird, right? Like she wanted to go to a ball, and then all of a sudden doesn't want to go to these balls because she's getting bored that Kel's Kel's being more cautious, and he doesn't want to train her. I mean, I guess, but like... That's what happens whenever you get desperate. You want one thing, but then as soon as you get it, you want another. Especially as Fair. That's actually a fair point. Yeah. So she really is getting super comfortable being in the world. Yeah. Um, and whenever Vin arrives at a place, Kel asks Marsh... I, I don't know where this was. This uh, is at Mansion Renault. Okay. So 
yeah, so Nerevin arrives there. Kel asks Marsh to uh, to train Vin in burning bronze. I was thinking, shouldn't they have discussed this before? Instead of saying, like, hey, can you train her, please? <laughs> what do you mean? Because he kind of just up and asked Marsh to train Vin instead of discussing it from before or planning no, it I out. I don't think it needs to be super planned out, right? Like, he's going to be going into Avogadro training core <laughs> here soon. So, I mean... Probably won't see him again for a while. This is the only time, really, you know? So, I don't... It's not like one of those things that you need, like, I, I don't know, Microsoft Teams calendar invite. <laughs> um, so, she can already tell who is pushing and who's pulling. In it. Yeah, she's, like, remarkably, like, better than she should be. That's, like, Sasuke this. talent right there. Yeah, I don't... It's like... Yeah. Yeah, so... And... She was very, like, she's better at pushing and pulling, right? I think she had beaten, um, oh, not beaten, but, like, pushed way harder than she should have been able to against Kelsier mm-hmm. as well. So uh, she's seeming to be, like, this child of prophecy kind of thing. Um, and, but, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so she accidentally, I think, sues him. And just talking about his hate for obligations. I don't know if it was an accident or not. Uh, I don't think it was an accident. Uh, it was intentional. But I actually want to talk a little bit about the whole bronze thing. And as far as how powerful it is. Uh, yeah. Um, because he, she kind of... Kelsey himself dismisses bronze. Mm-hmm. Like he said, like, you know, it's not that important. But, you know, you should know it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also one of the reasons Marsh doesn't like Kels here. Marsh because... is like racist to Miss Moore, and I feel like he does not like how much they discount bronze. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. He just seems like a salty dude overall. Hey, remember, remember, um, he's been fighting a rebellion for a long time. And in general, people who just fight like hopeless losing battles for a long time, they tend to become very rough and I don't want to say stubborn, but like rough and you know, just very bitter people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, anyways, Seekers are, you know, Seekers are the name of the people who burn bronze. Um, they can see which emotion you're soothing or rioting, mm-hmm. like experienced Seekers, which I thought that was like, okay, so now he actually lists the reason as far as like why it's so strong or much stronger than people realize is... uh. She said, she asked him, like, you know, I could just burn copper and then you won't. He said, yeah, but at the same time, you won't know if somebody is soothing or writing you. Yeah. Right. And then at that same time, if you're burning copper, you give away that you're at least a misting. Oh, uh, right. wait. Right. So if I'm soothing, writing you and you're burning copper and like nothing's working, I'm going to be like, okay, this guy's burning copper. Or he's like really good at figuring out the. Yeah, but an experienced soother or rider would be like, okay, no one is that good. I think. Uh, I think. Um, so yeah, I guess he uh, somebody could draw those two conclusions. Like either he's too good, or he's burning copper. So and then way, you and then you as you will be kind of oblivious the entire time that somebody's trying to affect you with soothing writing. Um, and then you know he said experienced seekers can see what emotion they're targeting, which I thought that was kind of cool because again, you mean experienced soothers. No, experience seekers can see which, like, if I'm soothing you, 
if I'm soothing a particular emotion. Oh, I can see what. Then you, you can see okay, which yeah, one okay. you're trying to affect of mine, which I thought that was kind of cool because then you can use that to counter manipulate. Yeah. Um, because you know knowledge. Hmm. If you are burning copper to avoid getting, so Vin always keeps on copper and tin, correct? So that she is hiding herself, and she's also like. Well, she does not. Things. She's not always burning tin because remember, if you're constantly burning tin, then like you know something like a snap can like really be deafening. If you're in a dark room, turn on a light that. The light turning on could be like a flashbang, essentially. What's the one that she always slowly burns then? Uh, you're talking about for healing herself, kind of. No, she always burns, like keeps one just burning, like twenty four seven, basically. Right now, it's, it was a pewter because she had that wound. Oh, okay. Um, but other than that, she was burning. She does burn copper a lot to kind of keep herself like mm-hmm. hidden. Um, uh, but yeah. Anyways, past that, um, the obligators. We learned that the obligators took Marsha's mother, um, which is when he snapped uh, and got his powers. How do the noble people snap? And that's that's what I was thinking too, right? Is that, you know, when you live like such a nice cushy life, like how are you ever going to snap? Yeah. Like someone like Shan, Sean. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, do I... I really hope not, but do the parents just go in and just start beating them? Maybe they get uh, an inquisitor to do something. Oh God, freaking! I hope not. That <laughs> sounds awful. Uh... Um, but yeah, so he realizes that he's being soothed. He and he tells her that she's doing it in the shop way, way back whenever they met first time. Um, but she said that she did it that time on accident. Uh. And she's also been instinctively burning other metals. He, she learns that she's been instinctively burning other metals uh, as well, which is why she's been so sharp all her life and which is why she's lived where most men wouldn't live. Um, and then Marsh, he, he begins to talk about Kel and how he doesn't hate him. He just doesn't like how much, how much Kel hates noblemen and basically how he got the um, rebellion rolling, so there was a little bit of jealousy there, and jealousy with Mare, too. Yeah. Um, and Marsh asks Vin about her sibling, Reen, of course, um, and she says that she does hate Reen because all the stuff that he's done to her. Um, and Vin, she tells, tells him that Reen saved Vin's life from her mom because she was about to... Oh my god, was, this was horrifying. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh. She was... Uh, she killed Vin's sister and she was like praising the baby Vin as as, you know, as uh, a queen. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so this brings up a good point, right? She's a strong misborn, clearly, Vin. Like, she's a ma- natural, not just a natural seeker. It seems like, right? Because Marsh was saying, like, you know, you picked up on stuff that it took me months to practice. But she was also really strong. Like, Kelser keeps noting how quickly she's learning everything. Yeah. And she was really good. She's actually probably better at soothing than Kelsier is. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Kelsier was very... He, he's kind of more blunt. and He's not as good at it. Yeah. Um, 
But and then, you know, for her mother's insane and kills her sister and then proclaims Vin as a queen. I have a theory and I think this is when she snapped. You think that's when she snapped? Yeah. Um so um so so Vin's mother she's hailing her as a queen. Um and maybe baby Vin was instinctively using Alamancy uh unconsciously. You're saying you're saying baby Vin was using. Yeah. I'm I don't think I was... don't think Vin was I think Vin was the older sister. Yeah. So So I, I think she was using uh Alamachi like instinctively and maybe she was like burning pewter or something while her mother was trying to kill her but um the mother realized that like wow she's strong a strong she baby be. yeah so then she was like wow it's a strong baby she's a queen and she's like i don't think got, like, vin, i don't think vin powers. was a baby when she killed vin's sister oh because she doesn't remember sister... yeah she doesn't remember but i i still don't think she's a baby <laughs> I can't remember, but I think she said it was like she's six years old or something. She wouldn't remember that if she was six. I mean, maybe, but not. She said she barely remembers it. Oh, I don't. Or was know. it because Reen said it? I'm pretty sure it's because Reen said it. So it must have been before, like she was four. Okay, but yeah, I still don't think she was a baby. But regardless, um, there was actually some things I actually wanted to touch up on and this is more about the magic part which i thought was really cool so there's internal metals external metals and then there's physical metals and mental metals and and they each had their pull push you know and we knew that like the pull push uh there's a base and then the alloy like steel uh, there's iron which pull steel pushes steel is the alloy of iron yeah so every metal has its own alloy um bronze copper so remember bronze is the one that you burn and that's a pulling metal i'm pretty sure and that's an internal mental metal bronze and copper internal this mental so yeah it is this is very well mapped out but it's, it makes sense can i read the the arcanum thing in the background? uh I, I had to double check but i don't think so yet oh. um so bronze copper they're internal mental metals because um again they're internal when you're brought when you're burning bronze you can see somebody else burning metals yeah. copper again you can see you can it hides you internal again it's all internal whereas something like zinc or brass which is like a soother rioter again it's another mental metal right because i'm control not controlling your emotions but i'm affecting your emotions so it's an external mental metal and then on the other side you got Tin and pewter, which are internal metals because they're affecting you. Tin, right, enhances your senses. Mm -hmm. And pewter enhances, like, your muscles and your strength and stuff like that. Again, internal. And they're physical because it enhances your physical stuff. Iron, pull, steel, push, that's external physical. So it's really cool how everything is categorized, like, in its own thing. And then there's, like, you know, four for one category and stuff like that. Um, Um, Another thing is that the good seekers, they have almost like a sixth sense. They can like feel whenever Alamancy is being So used. does that mean that they're burning it subconsciously or they kind of just tend to see things? I'm pretty sure it's never they're burning it. Okay. Oh, uh, I mean, the, but doesn't that kind of make it obvious then? It's like, oh, I know when somebody's burning. Well, it's like, yeah, you're burning bronze. So duh. 
Um, I think Vin did say earlier in a previous chapter, though, that when you're burning pewter, you kind of have more precise movements anyways. And even somebody who's not burning bronze can kind of pick up on that, like, okay, yeah, she's burning pewter. Um, mm -hmm. As far as burning, you know, steel or iron, like, when you see metals flying around, I feel like it's pretty obvious somebody's burning <laughs> steel or iron. But, yeah. So I just realized, why are they called obligators? What are they obligated to do? Obligated to uphold the law of the land, I, don't know, I guess. What What did the <laughs> Lord Ruler do for them that they're obligated to? I mean, I guess they're part, they're, you have to train to be an obligator, right? Like, I don't think they're chosen. Because Marsh is infiltrating into becoming an obligator. Oh, yeah. So... Um, there's not, so there is actually a lot of foreshadowing. This whole section, there's not much that pushes the story forward, but to be honest with you, there's, there is a lot of setup here and this, uh, there, there's a chapter in this section alone that had so much foreshadowing. I think it had more foreshadowing than entire sections that we read previously. Yeah. Um, and I have them tagged and, you know, we'll definitely be going over those when we come across those events later. Um, be it this book or other books so hang in there i understand that this uh this section was not the greatest um but this we, we are trying to uh, start to pick up more chapters and that's one of the reasons we started doing that was because we you know one reason we do want to kind of get through these books and number two when you have slower chapters like this there's not much that you can really discuss um on on a per episode basis so we started to increase the chap the number of chapters, I think this week. I don't think we were doing it earlier. Um, yeah, so this week we did four. And speaking of, next week we will also be doing four. We'll be doing chapters 21 through 25, and we'll be finishing off part three. That's five chapters. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. School is useless. School, math is dumb. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, six chapters. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so no, it, it is five chapters. Uh, chapters 21 through 25. We'll be finishing off part three, which is Children of a Bleeding Sun. Again, I love these names. And we will be starting chapter four, or sorry, part four after that, Dancers, Dancers in, in a Sea, sea of Mist. And I promise you, I, I, I this section was not that exciting. This next section will be exciting. And then after that, it just never ends. Um even Well of Ascension, I think we've been over this several times, but I'll just mention again. Well of Ascension was my least favorite book in the trilogy, but that is not by any means mean that I did not like the book. I love the book. Um, but Well of Ascension still has more than enough stuff to keep you intrigued and keep you going. Um, and that's definitely when we'll have more to work with as far as our predictions go. So, yeah. Until next time. Goodbye.